TCL is a proud sponsor of the 1500 ESPN Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. This is information not being reported by anyone else. You want the scoop? Here it is with Darren Doogie Wolfson. It's Halloween, it's hump day, and it's a day that brings you Scoop Podcast Episode 181. I'm grateful that I carved out a handful of minutes with my cell phone not ringing, had to put it on silent. Way too many political phone calls. Uncle Mercy, how you got my cell phone number? is beyond me, but between emails and phone calls to the cell phone, I cannot wait for November 7th. Can we move on? Let's get past Election Day, November 6th. I'm also grateful that I'm back to being at least 75 to 85%. The last week has been rough. It's an annual tradition. Heck, it's biannual. Really more than biannual when I either lose my voice or I go hoarse. That's what happens when you have kids, young kids. They bring home every germ imaginable Plus, my immune system was once strong, and for whatever reason, who knows, age, whatever reason, my immune system is not what it used to be when I was in my late 20s, early 30s. But I am here. I am almost back to 100%, but certainly in a position to record a new Scoop podcast, and there is certainly a lot to digest. The podcast is brought to you by my bookie and Fair State Brewing Cooperative. I will tell you about both sponsors later in the podcast. Plus, we'll finish the podcast with a conversation conversation with Anthony Harris Viking safety just played 45 snaps on Sunday against New Orleans had an interception of Josh Rosen when they played Arizona the Vikings a few weeks ago at U.S. Bank Stadium. He came into studio on Tuesday. So I sat down with him. He is trying to shed light on a foundation that is near and dear to his heart, One Love. So we talked about the One Love Foundation, his connection to One Love Foundation, and we talked plenty of football. So we will finish the podcast with my conversation with Anthony Harris. But let's get right to the Jimmy Butler Circus. It remains a fluid situation with twists and turns and new information Coming to light just about on a daily basis. He is not playing on Wednesday night at Target Center against Utah. Now, it's interesting. I saw Adrian Wojnarowski, who is the king of all sports media. I mean, truthfully, we all bow down to him. He is that good. His sources are that good. But I saw a tweet from him on Wednesday afternoon that read, in part, I'm paraphrasing because I don't have it in front of me, but the idea that just was that the Wolves encouraged Jimmy to rest on Wednesday night. I am told that is inaccurate. That is false. This was Jimmy Butler's call. Jimmy made the call, just like Jimmy made the call to not travel to Dallas a couple weeks ago. Jimmy is running this entire show. Jimmy plus those in Jimmy's circle. So this was Jimmy. Jimmy attended shoot-around on Wednesday morning, then told Tibbs after shoot-around, hey, I want to rest. And I'm sure he is sore, right? You missed three weeks of training camp slash the preseason, I'm sure that he isn't necessarily lying when he says he is sore. Now, do I feel like he could play after not practicing on Tuesday and the Wolves are off on Thursday? Even if they did practice on Thursday, if Jimmy wanted to sit out Thursday's practice, he could. And I promise you, if it was kumbaya, everything was great right now, Jimmy would be playing on Wednesday night. But this is part of Jimmy's plan to push the envelope, to send another signal to ownership, specifically Glenn Taylor, to get me the bleep out of here. He wants to be gone sooner rather than later. Now, teams talking to the Wolves' front office, specifically about Tom Thibodeau, say that Tibbs is still showing no real willingness 
to move Jimmy Butler. I will continue to say that at some point. We haven't gotten to this point yet, but at some point, owner Glenn Taylor will get heavily involved, and Glenn will pull the trigger on a trade. There is no sense whatsoever that Tom Thibodeau has any desire to move Jimmy Butler, but the idea that the Wolves encouraged Jimmy to sit out Wednesday night is laughable. Tibbs is trying to win games. Tibbs wants Jimmy Butler on the floor. Jimmy Butler is running this entire thing. Now, as of now, but I say that it's a fluid situation, but as of now, Jimmy plans on being on the team flight to the Bay Area on Thursday, plans on playing on Friday night against the Warriors. But I think it's a fair question to ask. I put it out on Twitter. What happens first, a Butler trade or Jimmy plays another game in a Wolves uniform? Now, at this point, checking around with multiple people either directly involved or right on the outside looking in but certainly have opinions that I value. I get the sense that Jimmy plays another game for the Wolves before a trade happens. Specifically on the trade front, I am told that John Lucas II, who's a developmental coach for the Houston Rockets, longtime NBA coach, his son John Lucas III is a developmental coach for the Wolves. I am told John Lucas II is pushing as hard as anyone in Houston for the Rockets to acquire Jimmy. Now, the story came out that the Wolves turned down four first-round picks, 2019, 2021, 2023, and 2025, plus Brandon Knight and Marquise Chris, that the Wolves turned down that offer. I'm told true. Where I can add to the story is I'm told Nene was also a part of the package. So we're talking about Houston's bottom of the barrel, plus four future first-round picks. When you boil those down, 2019, is low 20s. It's a weak draft. So while every first round pick has some level of value, the 2019 pick, not a ton of value. 2021, presumably the Rockets, they would re-sign Butler. They will be good. They will still have the collection of stars with Harden, with Paul, with Butler, that the Rockets in 2021 likely will be good. So you're looking at another low 20s pick. Now, is it possible the 2023 and 2025 picks could be good? Yes, but I'll also caution you to think about Daryl Morey, one of the better GMs in the league. His assistant GM, Gershon, has been there for a while. He has a chance to be a GM in the league in the future. Heck, he's already had a chance to be a GM. So it is a good collection of minds in that front office. I would not necessarily just automatically think that in 2023 and 2025 the Rockets are bad so it's possible we don't know but it's possible the Rockets will be good those years so you could be getting back three or four first round picks that are in the 20s the Wolves are not looking for that so the Wolves easily turned that down now if the Rockets end up offering three or four first round picks throw in Eric Gordon the Wolves like PJ Tucker okay now maybe there is a discussion but I tweeted this the other day I'll say it now for those who don't follow me or didn't see it on Twitter I'll I'll reiterate it for those who did that if I were to bet, I would not bet on Jimmy Butler landing with the Houston Rockets. My money would be on a team in the Eastern Conference. I would still keep an eye on Miami. I would also keep an eye on Philadelphia. Absolutely, positively, Philadelphia has the assets to make a deal. I'm told the one person with some trepidation in Philadelphia is head coach Brett Brown, who over the summer was the interim general manager. Now it's Elton Brand who's calling the shots in the Philadelphia front office, but clearly Brown still has all sorts of influence. So I think if Brett Brown is convinced Philadelphia with guys like Covington, Fultz, Sarich, some combination can make a deal work. Jimmy, not that it matters. The Wolves are still going to make the best deal they can for themselves. They will do what is best 
for the franchise, not for Jimmy. But Jimmy is open-minded to staying in Philadelphia long-term. So initially we heard who? Brooklyn, the Knicks, the Clippers. He had interest in other teams all along, including Miami, including Philadelphia. Now I've been asked a lot about Washington, and Washington is off to a horrendous start. I can tell you as of a few days ago, checking with somebody tied to the Wizards organization that they are not in on Jimmy. They called initially about Jimmy. This would have been in mid to late September, but no recent steam with the Wizards. But I also can't account for yet another loss by the Wizards. This one was on Tuesday against Memphis. My guy, J.B. Bickerstaff and the Grizzlies off to a nice four and two start. So it's possible that things are fluid there in Washington, that eventually Washington will say we have to do something. But as of now, as I sit here on Wednesday, early afternoon, the 31st of October, there's not a strong sense that the Wizards are a team to watch in the Butler sweepstakes. I would still keep an eye on Miami, Philadelphia, and Houston, even though I'll say it again, I would not bet on him landing in Houston. I'll have a bit more on Butler in just a second. Let me tell you about my bookie. I'm talking about who I would bet on, where Jimmy will land, where won't he land. Well, you can make all sorts of bets. Heck, there are Jimmy Butler prop bets out there. Go to my bookie. Remember who you're betting on is just as important as who you are betting with. That's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys, they are your best bet this season. They've been in business for years. They have great reviews online. Their mobile site is incredibly easy to use. It's mybookie.com. That's the way to get to my bookie, my bookie, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E, mybookie.com. I promise I would only recommend a service to my listeners that's been good to me. Yes, they have been good. That's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay. They have in-game, live betting, over-unders on fantasy points scored, and the most rewarding player perks in the business. And how about this? My bookie has been slammed this football season with new betters and certainly this basketball season. So they want to give everyone the best service possible. So if you're willing to deposit after 6 p.m. Central Time, they will give you an additional $25 free play on deposits over $100. Also, if you join now, MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use the promo code SCOOP, SCOOP, to activate the offer. It is MyBookie Online, MyBookie, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E, Don't forget to use the promo code SCOOP. You play, you win, you get paid. It is my bookie. All right, I'm reading an Adrian Wojnarowski story on ESPN.com. At the end, I was reading it earlier at least, it made reference to if the Wolves wanted to suspend Jimmy Butler. We are never going to get to that point. The Wolves could have suspended Jimmy Butler when he missed the first three weeks of training camp slash the preseason. They chose not to. They are not going to suspend him now, but I can give you the numbers. I ran this by somebody in the league office. Here are the numbers. If the Wolves right now suspended Jimmy Butler, he would lose $128,944 per game. After 20 games, the number would go up to $169,972 per game. But again, we are not getting to that situation. If it ever even got remotely close to that situation, the Players Association would get involved. But just remember this. Tibbs is still backing Jimmy Butler. After all of this, after Jimmy Butler, you know, said, hey, Tibbs, F you. I mean, that's an exaggeration. He didn't really say that. But when he said, hey, Tibbs, you're my guy, but I need out of here in that September 18th meeting, 
you would think Tibbs would have said, I can't believe this. I went to bat for you. I told owner Glenn Taylor we had to move Lori Markinen, Zach Levine, Chris Dunn. We had to bring you in. I knew you'd be here beyond a year, and now you won out after 59 games last year. Now it turns out he ends up playing a few games this year, but he still wants out. He has no desire to resign here, even though the Wolves would do some cap gymnastics. The Wolves would be open to paying him 5190 If Jimmy said, hey, I want to be here long term, the Wolves know that they would have to pay him. They would find a way. They'd have to move some money, you know, because I know that Glenn is not necessarily, and Glenn Taylor's been on this podcast before, he's not necessarily open-minded to paying a huge luxury tax, and that certainly is an issue as you look at the math for next year that certainly played a role in the wolves declining the justin Patton third year option which i'll expound on in just a second but the point is the wolves have some cap maneuvering that they would have to do if jimmy committed to 5190 but the wolves would find a way jimmy is too good of a player heck we saw it monday against the lakers the wolves would be open-minded to giving jimmy 5190 if he ever had said hey i want to be here long term but it never got to that point but still nonetheless tibbs still doesn't want to trade jimmy and Jimmy is Tibbs's guy. So with Tibbs in charge, if it was literally any other president of operations, I do think the Wolves would have already fined Jimmy. They would have fined him for missing training camp, for skipping training camp. But they didn't do that, and they are not going to suspend him now. But I just wanted to tell you that I checked with somebody in the league office. I wanted to get the exact numbers if it ever got to the point of the Wolves, if it somehow ever got to the point. It's not going to get to that point, but if it somehow ever got to the point, I wanted to provide the numbers here in the Scoop Podcast of what he would be missing on a per-game basis. Finally, on Jimmy, one thing I remain confident, uber confident about, is Jimmy will be wearing a different uniform by mid-February. The trade deadline is, what, February 7th? Early February. I don't have the specific date in front of me, but bottom line, it's early February, and at some point, owner Glenn Taylor will get involved, heavily involved. I mean, clear he's on the outside you know and involved I mean he's on the outside looking in but you know he's abreast of what's taking place I mean he talks pretty much daily with Scott Layden and or Tom Thibodeau so he knows what's going on but Glenn hasn't gotten to the point of saying okay let me take over these negotiations or hey let me call back this front office or this ownership group and say hey we are giving the green light to that offer let's make this trade but I do think at some point Glenn will become even more involved and he will pull the trigger on a trade. So that is the one thing I feel confident in saying in this whole saga, this unbelievable saga that is the gift that keeps on giving for people like me. But if you're the Wolves organization, so many good people over there. And I just feel bad. I mean, I know fans that have chosen to not spend money. They will not go to games. They will watch on TV. They'll pay attention via social media. They are still paying attention, but they refuse to spend money because of this circus. So I know that there are livelihoods that are impacted by that. People that, hey, work on some commissions, some ticket sales people. There are good people with the Wolves organization that I'm sure would love to see this circus end. So for their well-being, hey, let's hope it does. But I'm just saying from my standpoint, hey, I hope this thing goes until early February. It is the gift from a fodder standpoint, from a talk standpoint, from a podcast standpoint. Give me material. Give me something to broadcast about. Give me something to dig on. This is the gift that keeps on giving. I will add on Patton. My understanding is he is a good kid. He works hard. He is not any sort of cancer. But when you think about big men, 
It is the same foot, so multiple injuries to the same foot. Big men with feet injuries is not a good mix. And when you look at the potential of all the money that they have to pay for next year, and here are the contracts that are locked in. You have Carl Anthony Towns at big money. You have Andrew Wiggins at big money. You have Gorgie Jang at big money. If you're the Wolves, even though Jeff Teague might opt out, looking for a more stable environment, I think you need to operate as if he will opt in. He's got a player option at 90 19 million dollars now it's obvious jeff teague is not making 19 million dollars on the open market but if he's looking for a three-year deal a little bit more long-term security and i can't stress this enough a more stable environment it's possible that jeff teague opts out and signs elsewhere but if you're the wolves you need to operate as if he will opt in so that's 19 million so you think about just those four players cat wiggins jang teague that's about 90 million dollars so you need to fill out the roster somehow with other pieces you have some interest in bringing back taj gibson what will that cost so you start adding all that up you don't have much flexibility before you get into the luxury tax so justin patton's 2019 2020 option was 3.1 million dollars it's possible they bring him back at a lower number. They know him better than anyone. I'm telling you, they don't hate the kid whatsoever. But when you combine the health issues with the potential of all the money that they have committed for next year and will have to commit elsewhere, that it becomes tough to justify giving Patton over $3 million when you just don't know where he'll be. He is still months away from being cleared to play five on five. But I'm telling you, I can't stress this enough. The Wolves really like the kid. They do. And this is an indictment on the front office. I mean, you can't control injuries. But, hey, when you pass on John Collins, when you pass on Kyle Kuzma, when you pass on Josh Hart, they passed on so many good players to pick Justin Patton. It is a swing and miss when you're declining a third-year option for the 16th pick in the draft. The front office has done some good. It's not all negative. It's a lot of negative, but it's not all negative. But in this case, this is a bad swing and miss, even though I actually think when he's healthy, he can actually play a little bit. We saw glimpses in Iowa last year with the Iowa Wolves. He came up and played just a tick with the Wolves at the end of the season. You can see there's some potential there, but with big men with multiple injuries to the same foot, you just can't roll the dice. I should add, when I say that there's interest in bringing back Taj, that would be the current regime. If everything is blown up in April, all bets are off whether there is interest in retaining Taj. And if Taj, heck, has any interest in remaining with the Wolves. Heck, I think it would be a safe bet to think that if Tibbs is gone, if Scott Layden is gone, that Taj will look to be elsewhere. On Teague, by the way, don't mistake his quietness for a lack of toughness. He has played through aches and pains for many years. So it is very, let's put it this way, interesting that Teague is out on Wednesday night with a knee injury. Now, I'm positive he did bang his knee into LeBron James on Monday, so I'm sure his knee is not 100%. But do I think in years past that Teague has played through this specific pain or comparable pain? I do. I'm just telling you, it adds to the circus that Jeff Teague is out in addition to Jimmy Butler, general soreness. Oh my gosh. Oh, just the more I say it, the more I laugh. No swoosh in between bullet points. I want to keep this below 55, 50 minutes. I want to make this a more normal timed podcast. So I'll go boom, boom, boom. I'll finish with Vikings notes that will segue into the conversation with Viking safety 
Anthony Harris. On the Twins, Garvin Alston is a surprise move. He was under contract for next year. He was the hire of Derek Falvey and Thad Levine. So I need to still dig on that front. It is curious to me that they made the call. Now, clearly, Rocco Baldelli has some sort of say in the matter, but I just I find it interesting that the pitching coach is gone. Gene Glenn being gone, not a surprise. Eddie Guardado being gone, not a surprise. James Rousen, hitting coach, will be back. Rudy Hernandez, assistant hitting coach, will be back. I had somebody with the Twins suggest to me to dig on Dan Johnson from Blaine High School. He's friends with Rocco Baldelli. That Dan might be a name to watch for Rocco Baldelli's staff. I checked with somebody close to Dan. I was told no steam so far on that front. What else do I have written down on the Twins? We know about the moves earlier in the week, declining the options for next year on Logan Morrison and Irvin Santana. Zero surprise on each front. They buy out each at $1 million. Still no word on who will be added to the 40-man roster. I mean, heck, Nick Gordon is an obvious. Lamont Wade is, well, I would say he's an obvious. And then you look at arms like Jake Reed, Nick Anderson, Tyler J. Do they? Don't they? The Twins still have a few weeks to make a decision on those guys. The deadline is... What is it? It's like November 20th. It's still a few weeks away. I have it written down somewhere. I just can't find it in my notes. But point is the Twins have still a few weeks to decide on who comes on to the 40-man roster. The Twins also picked up an outfielder on Wednesday afternoon. They claimed him off waivers from the Braves organization. He grew up in the Maplewood area. Michael Reed. He's an outfielder. Michael Reed. Do I think Robbie Grossman will be back at $4 million next year? I don't. This might be another sign that Robbie Grossman won't be back. But Michael Reed, who can play multiple outfield positions, he is, yes, an outfielder. Michael Reed picked up off waivers from the Braves organization by the Twins. He does have a little bit of Major League experience. I don't see this Twins legend getting the Twins pitching coach job, but I can tell you Frank Viola has interest in the Twins pitching coach job. Trevor Rosenthal is the first free agent off the board, the former Cardinals reliever. He missed all of last year after Tommy John. He signs with the Washington Nationals. The Twins did attend his recent showcase, and there was interest, but I don't sense it ever got to the point of, you know, going back and forth on numbers. Everything happened pretty fast with the Nationals. So Trevor Rosenthal, the first free agent off the board. I can tell you, if you look at a list of the top 20 free agents, so think about all the big names, not necessarily Machado and Harper, although those guys would be one and two. But if you look at the top 20, I can tell you that the agents for a few of those guys have the Twins circled among a handful of teams, but have the Twins circled. There is a belief among a handful of agents that the Twins are going to spend money this winter, that they have a lot of money to spend, that they will spend said money. So I just know that agents are looking at the Twins, thinking that their clients are good fits because the Twins, frankly, need all sorts of help. You can make a case the Twins need help just about everywhere. Maybe not the outfield, but everywhere else. On Gophers basketball, David Roddy of Breck will announce his college choice next week. He has decided he will play basketball, not football, so he will forego that football offer from Wyoming phenomenal quarterback for Breck but he will play basketball in college not football it is down to Colorado State Northwestern and Minnesota I do think the Gophers have a shot I do think that there is some relationship mending that has taken place still needs to take place to some degree the word is that the Roddy family isn't thrilled that it took Richard Patino so long to make the offer but if you think from a fit standpoint Roddy makes sense Northwestern where Roddy visited last although he actually took an unofficial visit to the Gophers scrimmage the Gophers campus on Sunday, but his last official visit was to Northwestern a few weeks ago, a couple weeks ago, in fact, 
and he likes it there. But they have a few other commitments, including a forward or two. So from a fit standpoint, you could say, you know, does it make sense to go play for Chris Collins and fit in with some other kids or, hey, be the first to commit for the Gophers 2019 class? So these are things he is wrestling with. And I would say that the Gophers have a chance that they have not been eliminated. But keep in mind that Northwestern may be a difficult beat. In fact, I'm looking right now at Northwestern. They have three commitments. One is a point guard, so cross him off. But then they have a power forward and a center. Both guys are 6'9". David Roddy is 6'6", 6'6 half power forward. But he can play some small forward. He can probably guard multiple positions. But when you think about Northwestern having two commitments from 6'9 guys, does he want to be the third guy that fits into that forward, you know, mix, you know, competing with all these guys? Or, hey, Jordan Murphy is gone after the year. You know, there might be a pass to playing right away. Not necessarily starting, but a pass to playing time next year. But then you wonder about the future of Richard Patino. If the Gophers don't have a good year, I actually think they might have a good year. But they don't have a good year. Is there a coaching change? So these are all things that he is weighing. Plus, he does like Dave Thorson at Colorado State. Although I would put on my betting list Colorado State. Third, don't know if I would put, you know, Gophers one or Northwestern one, maybe Northwestern one, Gophers two, but I'm saying the Gophers have a chance, but I think Colorado State is three on the list. Also on Gophers Hoops, unfortunate about Eric Curry. I do know somebody close to the program wondering why this wasn't taken care of weeks ago loose cartilage the same knee where he had the acl reconstruction now he was cleared he played in that scrimmage when was that october 20th in omaha they beat creighton by two curry played in that scrimmage but was there some discomfort going back to september i mean it's hard to second guess without having direct medical knowledge but i can tell you there's at least one person whose opinion matters to me at least a ton who said i just don't get it they need curry for the month of november you think about games against Utah, Boston College. You get Washington in the Vancouver Showcase. You have the Vancouver Showcase. You have a bunch of important games, and to think he'll be back in four weeks might be a stretch. So he likely misses Nebraska and Ohio State in early December. So this person was just wondering, why wasn't this discovered weeks ago? It's not like the cartilage just became loose in the last handful of days. So just, I would say this much, a very unfortunate situation for a player that has a chance to impact this year a bunch. Eric Curry, when healthy, is a good player. I have a Gophers football note before Vikings notes and the Anthony Harris interview. But first, let me tell you about Fair State Brewing Cooperative. Fair State Brewing Cooperative is the Upper Midwest's first member-owned brewery. They specialize in delicious sours, lagers, and hoppy ales. And this month, the month of October, they have re-released Mirror Universe, a double dry-hopped hazy IPA, Brewed with wheat, oats, citra, mosaic, and El Dorado hops. It was a limited offering in the spring, and from now on, it'll be available year-round. Mirror Universe. Look for it at your local bars and liquor stores, or stop by the tap room, the Fair State Brewing Tap Room in Northeast Minneapolis at Lowry and Central. Fair State Brewing Cooperative. We are happy to have them back as a sponsor of the Scoop Podcast. Pete and those guys do excellent work. I'm telling you, my mouth is watering thinking about even later tonight when I take the boys out trick-or-treating. I'll certainly have an adult beverage or two as I'm walking around the neighborhood. I think I'll enjoy a Fair State beer. I'm very much looking forward to that Fair State Brewing Cooperative.
P.J. Fleck wouldn't commit to anything on the Shannon Brooks front at his Tuesday news conference. I do know the initial fear is that it is a serious injury. He said they're still awaiting some test results. And at this point, he just might be trying to frame how they will announce it publicly. But I'm just telling you, do not expect good news on the Shannon Brooks front, at least the initial fear. It's always possible that maybe an initial test is wrong. But I'm just telling you, the initial steam is this very likely isn't a good situation. Unfortunate for Shannon Brooks. Good player, like Eric Curry. On the Vikings, the Wednesday injury report. These players returned to practice. Dalvin Cook, Riley Reef, Xavier Rhodes, and Andrew Sandejo. I don't have specific updates on every single one. I do think that Cook needs to get through two full practices. He'll need to practice in full multiple days this week. To have a chance to play on Sunday against the Lions. And I'm just pulling this up. And Cook was limited. So I'm looking at it limited on Wednesday. I think there's a better chance that Cook doesn't play against the Lions. That they give him this Sunday off. Then give him the bye week. And he is more than likely back for the Bears game on November 18th. But at least somewhat encouraging that he practiced in a limited fashion on Wednesday. Of all the guys that returned on Wednesday, Xavier Rhodes, I would say, has the best shot to play this week. Riley Reef would be number two. Of the guys who missed practice, the guy that has the best chance to play would be Stefan Diggs. He sat out Wednesday's practice with a rib injury. On the trade front, a high-ranking Vikings official told me they did not come close to making a trade. We saw all those trades on Tuesday right before the 3 o'clock Central deadline. The Vikings did not come close to making a trade. But make no mistake, Mistake, assistant GM George Payton did his due diligence. They certainly talked to teams, but I'm just telling you, the Vikings did not come close to making a trade. Former Vikings cornerback, former Gophers cornerback, Jalen Myrick, he was on the Vikings practice squad. Then he wasn't, then he was back on, but they then let him go again. He tried out for this week, the Lions, and he was set to try out for the Raiders on Wednesday. I chatted with George Iloka for a few minutes in the locker room on Wednesday. Publicly, he is saying all the right things, but I do get the sense, and from somebody close to George, that there is some level of frustration. He played the first five snaps against New Orleans, and he did not get another defensive snap. He plays special teams, but he thought he would play more when he signed here. Remember, he turned down more money from the Cowboys, others had interest he took the minimum here thinking he would play in early September and outside of just some snaps here some snaps there he really hasn't played that much and I know that when he signed here he was led to believe that he would play more but publicly and even in the locker room behind the scenes in the locker room He's going to put on a good public face. He is not going to be a distraction, but deep down, there is some level of frustration. Cannot fault the young man. All right, somebody who is taking playing time from George Iloka is a good player. Undrafted free agent a few years ago. He has turned into somebody that can be relied upon big time. Heck, you don't even really miss Andrew Sandejo because Anthony Harris has played very well the last three weeks. Anthony Harris came to Hubbard Broadcasting on Tuesday, the Vikings off day. He wants to shed some light on a foundation that is near and dear to his heart, the One Love Foundation. So we spend a few minutes talking about One Love. Then we segue into football, into how his year is going. Some talk about Matthew Stafford, the Lions trading Golden Tate, and a few other topics. Here's my conversation with Viking safety Anthony Harris. All right, Anthony, let's talk the two Fs unless you know of a third one, but foundation of football unless you know... I don't know, finance or something like that. <laughs> Could be like the guy at Hard Knocks. But we'll start with the foundation. Tell us yeah. about One Love, 
what your commitment to that foundation is and how you started to get committed to them in the first place. Uh, One Love, um, it's a foundation um, that I've you know grown close with. Um, it started 2011. Um, a young lady by the name of Yardley Love um, attended my, my university that I attended as well. Um, her life was taken. Um, she was in a relationship um, with also an athlete at the time that uh, eventually turned fatal. Um, so her, shortly after her mom, you know, she, she wanted to make a difference and um, try to keep other families, you know, from having to go through something like that. So she started the foundation in honor of her daughter. Um, and while there, I came in the, the year following that, um, you know, the case. Um, I got an opportunity to meet a lot of her friends, um, a lot of the different athletes who were involved with her, um, as well as, you know, um, the, her, her boyfriend as well. So just getting to kind of, you know, know them from a distance um, and just kind of see what everybody was going through, not just um, her friends, but the university and the impact that it had. Um, it made me, you know, take a step back and, you know, think about my loved ones and, and just how, you know, it could have easily be, you know, someone that I love or someone that I care about. Um, so that's when I first started to, you know, feel, you know, um, something for that organization and, and just different situations like that. Um, but it wasn't until last year, last season, my cause, my cleats week, you know, where players get a chance to represent um, an organizational cause that they want to help raise awareness mm-hmm. for. Um, so, I, you know, I wanted to, you know, be more vocal about it, you know, me attending university and, you know, that kind of be a close cause that I wanted to support. I decided to, you know, um, display that on my cleats um, and more, be more active with the organization as well. So I've been trying to help raise money, um, help bring as much, you know, awareness and, um, you know, get get the word out there about the organization and the cause as well um, to just help it any way I can. And, I mean, is the foundation doing well? I mean, just yeah, at it's the doing website, well. I mean, there's a lot of people that are yeah, involved. Yeah, it's doing well. It's doing well. Um, you know, the organization is all about, you know, um, coming into the community, uh, putting together escalation workshops. Um, they've put together a film, um, which, you know, people can watch, and we do open dialogue and discussions about things that pop up in the film. And it's all about being proactive, um, providing people with the information to um, help identify unhealthy relationships, um, and then, you know, maybe correct some of those things before they continue to escalate. Um, and eventually, you know, you can build a better relationship or, um, you know, step away from a relationship that could be, you know, harmful at some point. So this was at the University of Virginia. Yeah. Did you know the individual who took her life? And did you have I, a personal relationship with I her? I did not have a personal relationship with her or the individual. Um, but I did have personal relationships with um friends of like their friends so as I came in the following year um you know it's it's not a a big university it's about 17,000 students oh it gets bigger yeah so so um you know it's kind of a smaller community Mm -hmm. um obviously you know the student athlete um department is small as well so just kind of getting to know you know some of those individuals um allowed me to to know you know those two individuals as well a little bit okay so what's next with the foundation and where's this foundation in, in your ideal world what are we talking about with One Love, you know, six months from now, 12 months from now, 24 months from now? Just continuing to grow, um, you know, to, to continue to go out there and get into the community, different schools. Um, you know, right now we have, you know, different universities around the country participating in some of the practices and, you know, get, getting into the workshop and we're just getting the information to, you know, catch it early, you know, starting at the, you know, high school level because those were some of those things that develop unhealthy relationships start to, you know, grow and start to form. Um, just from, you know, going in a relationship, building trust, 
um, being able to be independent while in a relationship, you know, still kind of having your own personal space and your own personal ideals. Um, just, you know, getting all that information and learning how to, you know, handle certain situations and being flexible in a relationship, um, how much that can help improve each individual life. How much have you grown? I mean, I'm um, sure you've it, dated significant others along yeah, the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, you, you start to really dig in and, and get the information. And then, you know, you, you sit back for a second and you apply it to your own life. Um, you know, previous relationships. And, you know, there's, there's, there's always going to be little bumps, you know, here and there in any relationship. Um, but just knowing what's not normal or what's too much. Um, so, you know, just kind of look back and say, hey, I could do this better. You know, it wasn't bad, but it could have escalated and grown into a bigger issue. Um, so that's one thing that I've learned from it. And it's like, wow. You know, I think I've taken some of the stuff and I'm trying to use that to continue to improve. Not that, you know, relationships that I've previously had were bad, but they can always be better. Just an unfortunate world we live in now, yeah. especially with, I mean, the president and some of his actions, his previous actions certainly mm-hmm. certainly doesn't help. But it, it seems like, you know, whether it's verbal abuse or physical abuse, that maybe, and maybe it's a good thing that there's more of a spotlight put on some of the things that women are dealing with, maybe more so than ever right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think it's important, you know, to you know bring stuff into the light because um, that's the only way you can help bring, you know, awareness and change is, you know, bringing it up, um, getting the knowledge, or, you know, how to handle the situations and how to identify it. Um, but there's, there's positive relationships going on as well, so I think that's important for, you know, as much as some of the negative things come to the light, you know, spot, spotlight or highlight some of the positive things as well because that way you can take the learning point from that and say, hey, this is the right thing to do, this is the wrong thing to do, and then you can make a decision from there. Where can people find more information? Uh, you can go to joinonelove.org. Um, there's tons of information about the workshop, um, some of the things that we do out in the community to help raise awareness, to help give you the tools. Um, there's a list of, you know, our, our top 10 things of for healthy relationships, top 10 things for us for, you know, an unhealthy relationship. Um, but also we have a link on there where if you want to be, you know, a financial supporter and, and make your pledge mm-hmm. to, you know, love better, you can do that as well. Um, I'm currently running my own individual, you know, pledge um, season long. Um, you can go on there at Anthony Harris, and that's the number one love.com and you know contribution and that'll help go towards the organization and just help giving them the finances to you know have those trainers go out there and you know go into the community go into the schools um put together the videos do the workshops lead the discussions and that way you can continue to know snowball effect you know it might be one individual who attends a workshop who tells one more person who tells another person who may need that help and that could you know change that situation any incentives i mean are you matching any donations heck if do you get another interception? You pick off Josh Rosen. Is that like an automatic $1,000 donation, anything like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I try to do different stuff like that. Um, you know, um, a few ideas I've gotten is for, you know, every tackle. Um, you know, I'll try to do $2. Um, you know, I match donations as well. So um, I'm taking all ideas. You know, I'm just trying to continue to grow, continue to expand, um, and see how we can continue to build and move forward. How about like a two hundred thousand dollar donation if you guys win the Super Bowl? <laughs> a two you want to go on the record right a, now? A two hundred thousand dollars for a Super Bowl win? I mean, I don't think who 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 wouldn't trade that? You know, um, that's obviously you know the highest achievement. But um, what we're doing right now is that's just as important as winning the Super Bowl. You know, um, lives matter. So um, yeah, that's something I'd be interested in doing. I mean, as you've now been in the league now multiple years, do you now have more of an understanding of? the platform that you have, the power that you have, and the position that you are to impact others? Yeah. um, 
sometimes, you know, I think you got to, you know, sit back and try to, you know, gather where you are. And, you know, obviously things change over time. And, um, you know, just going out, doing the different events, um, the different interactions, um, you know, spare time getting into the school systems and just kind of seeing how people look up to you. Um, it kind of gives you a glimpse of, hey, this is the capabilities that I have and this is the platform that I have. So I'm just trying to take this platform and utilize it in the best positive way I can. A little bit more specifically in the football field. Was it 45 snaps on Sunday night? Season <laughs> I'm not, high. I'm not sure. Was it 45? I'm not sure. 40 something. Yeah. I mean, just a couple days later, how are you feeling? Feeling pretty good. Um, you know, it's a late game. Um, obviously, turnarounds, it's not quite as big as, you know, playing on a Thursday night or something like that. But um, obviously, recovery process is a little bit slower. But it's about coming in the next day, getting in on some film, um, seeing what you could have improved at, done a little bit better. Um, getting your massages, hot tubs, and getting the body getting ready to go for the next week. I mean, it's interesting how your role has evolved. I mean, certainly with Andrew Sandejo being out, that impacts your role. But it's been interesting. I mean, I think on Sunday, I mean, I think that first defense that was out there, were you out there? But also Iloka was out there as well. I forget who was in the slot maybe. But yeah, with multiple um, safeties. I mean, not multiple, but I mean, three safeties out there, including Harrison. Yeah, yeah. Um, we've been doing a good job of, you know, trying to, you know, rotate guys. Um, you know, whether that's for give a quick breather, a few plays, or um, just, uh, you know, injuries and different stuff like that. So um, there's a number of guys out there on the field. Um, we're all out there just trying to, you know, play together, play at a high level, um, and, you know, keep that energy up, you know, and go out there and perform, um, you know, how we expect to play. Where's your confidence level? I mean, certainly the performance you had last year against the Rams had to raise your confidence level. But going back to the interception against Arizona and now the last three weeks getting the snaps that you have, I mean, where is your confidence level? I think I've always been pretty confident in my abilities. Um, you know, I've worked hard to get here. Uh, I feel like I got the ability, you know, play at a high level. So for me, it's just always just about being patient, um, being patient, being humble, continue to be a good teammate, continue you know, work hard, study hard in practice. Um, and then just performing when the opportunity is there. So, you know, I try to do those things leading up to the moments and the opportunities. That way when I get them, I'm ready to go. So I'm pretty confident, you know, in my abilities, the guys that I have around me um, who help make my job a lot better. You know, obviously being back there with Harrison, um, a veteran guy, you know, that, that, that brings a lot of ease with, you know, different stuff going on in the game. So um, I'm just getting back to having a, having, having a good time out there, trying to have a good time with the teammates. Um, get them to having fun and just going out there and playing good football. When you talk about being patient, I mean, does that even go back to the pre-draft process and the way the draft unfolded with you not getting drafted? So waiting through, and then you know coming in as an undrafted free agent, you got to fight for everything, and you knew you had to wait your turn? Yeah, yeah, I think that's something that I've kind of developed. Um, you know, I, my mom always told me, you know, you know, stay patient, um, keep your head down, keep working, and then eventually, you know, you may take a peek up and see – you know, if you're where you want to be. But um, I've had a little trials, you know, to test my patience. Um, obviously, with football injuries, um, I remember my junior year, last regular season game, I broke my leg. and uh, That's right. Yeah. yeah, I broke my leg. Um, and, you know, there's scholarships on the table. And there were a few that may waver it a little bit. And um, it tested my patience on, you know, um, you know, recovering, coming back, showing the people that you know, I'm going to be the same player. Um, it also, you know, just kept me grounded, um, you know, made me look at things a little bit more differently, saying, hey, maybe I need to go to a university that provides a very good balance of education and sports as well. So just kind of that, and as well as the the, the draft process unfolded, um, 
you know, it just kind of taught me, you know, stay humble, stay patient, um, and eventually everything will work out how it's supposed to work out. That injury your junior year, I mean, safe to say that, that it had a, a direct impact on the way the draft unfolded? Um, not sure. Um, not sure, you know. Um, I mean, I, I wasn't able to perform at the combine, so I, I would have to say a little bit. Um, you know, guys, they can t- they can cut on the film, they can see you play, um, but they want to know, you know, how fast can he run? Um, you know, how fast can he cut? All the different things that they use in comparison, you know, not only your numbers um, and what you've been able to do on film, but um, just your raw athleticism, you know, what you can provide there. So um, I wasn't able to display that at the combine. Um, but, you know, I try not to think about it too much. Um, the only thing I was asked for is opportunity. So I said to myself, um, you know, if I get the opportunity to go somewhere, um, that's all that I can ask is to get the opportunity to go out there, display my talents um, and what I'm capable to do, and I was able to get that. There might be a lot of layers to this answer, but how complicated or how unique or how different or how great is, is Mike Zimmer's defense, and how does that fit what you do, your skill set? Uh, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. Um, you know, anytime you got a, uh, a coach that, you know, is aggressive, um, you know, likes to get after people, you know, um, blitzes a good bit, um, gives a lot of different looks. Um, you know, he's known for that double-A gap uh, look. That's a lot of fun being back there, you know, with the different versatility of the, of the schemes, being able to blitz, being able to drop in coverage, play man, play zone. It can be complicated, but, you know, once you get it down, it's a lot of fun. Um, and it's aggressive. That's one thing you like as a defender, aggressive defense. I mean, I could even use an explanation, but let's say my mom's watching this. When you say double A gap, and Zimmer's known for those double A gap looks, yeah. break that down. What does that mean? Um, so that means, you know, we, we, we typically spread the defensive front. Um, you know, sometimes they're in a three technique or, you know, in a nose. But when you see Anthony Barr or, you know, Eric Kendricks, they both walk up over the center. Um, that's what we call, you know, our double A gap look. So, um, you know, he, he invented that, and, um, you know, it's fun. It's a good look. So, I mean, you're talking when it's the A gap, it's the gap right up the middle. Right up so, the middle. I mean, right to the left of the center, right to the right of the center. Right, right to the left of the center, right to the left, right there, yep. So, you know, they're both standing there. Um, you know, it looks like a blitz, but um, sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. You never know who's coming, who's not. So that's the fun dynamic of it. Um, and, you know, we use it a good bit, so. Good. Did you see the trades today in the NFL? Yeah, I saw a few trades pop up. Um, thought for a second a few of them may be fake news, but, you know, you can't be, <laughs> can't be too surprised yeah. in this league. Um, but, yeah, we've a few shakeups. Um, obviously, one is, may impact this week, um, you know, Tate being traded. So, you know, we'll take another look at that and just get prepared for this week. I suppose it's not a bad thing for you guys, right? I mean, he's had some success against you guys over the years. <laughs> yeah, he's had some success. Um, you know, obviously, we would have had to, you know, find a way to contain him. Um, but, you know, we're going to go over there. You know, they got a good team, a lot of good pieces, I'm sure, that can fill in. Um, so we just got to figure out who we need to take care of that's st- still on the team remaining. What makes Matthew Stafford so good? Big arm. He has a big arm. Um, you know, buys time in the pocket. Um, you know, likes to attack you deep. Can make a lot of the throws. So he's going to be a tough challenge. How about the Packers trades, too? They traded safety. Yeah, I saw that. Uh-huh, Clinton Dix. Yeah, I saw that. the Redskins. That. Yep. Yeah, big trade for them. So, um, but right now we're just gonna focus on you know Detroit right now. Um, focus on it one week at a time, and right now that's Detroit coming into town. So we gotta take care of business there. See, that's the cliche, but you can look big picture, can't you? <laughs> no, Don't you gotta take you, you gotta take it. All? You gotta take it one one week at a time. You know, you can think about you know different pieces moving around. And you can sit up here and say, hey, we don't have to worry about this player. We don't have to worry about that player. Um, 
but you know you can't look too far ahead. You got to handle what's in front of you. You start thinking about, you know, what you could potentially do to one team further weeks ahead, then you, you know lose track of where you are. How about overall thoughts? I'm gonna let you go after this. Just we're at the midway point. I mean, you're through eight games. You're four, three, and one. Just how about big picture thoughts through these first eight games? Um, you know, we 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 got in some close games. Um, you know, obviously would have liked to pull them out. Um, but, you know, it's just about building, um, you know, trying to stack wins, um, trying to find different things to build on. You know, obviously defensively we want to get turnovers, um, limit guys from getting points. Um, offensively, you know, develop the run game, you know, continue to develop the pass and how they complement each other. But um, it's about playing good team football. And the one thing that um, you have to do to do that is be good in all, all three phases, and that's just defense, special teams, and offense. So we're still, you know, trying to develop, continue to keep get that click in there, um, and go into the second half and you know attack it full ahead of steam. I lied. One other thing hit me. Did you have a chance to catch up post game with with Teddy? I know that you guys had your lockers. Were they right next to each other or just about next to each other? At uh, yeah, yeah. Um, a few. So, lock- I mean, you were close. With a him. few. Lo- yeah, we're a few lockers over. Um, a few guys were talking about, you know, that that area of the locker room, and you know how we call it the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to catch up with him a little bit, but um, you know, obviously, there's a lot of guys on the team who have very close relationships with him. So, um, we you know, tried to keep it brief, but you know, I went over, you know, wish him well and everything else. I mean, heck, he's doing pretty well, all things considered. Yeah. He'll eventually get a chance, you would think. It might be two years from now, but he's going to take another snap in the NFL. I mean, that seems inevitable, which, I mean, you were on the practice field, right? When, mm-hmm. Yeah, um, he has When everything ability. was up in the air, right? I mean, yeah. Eric Sugarman said, I mean, we weren't quite sure. I mean, his leg could have been amputated, for God's sakes. You never know, um, you know, which way things could go for you. Um, that's why you got to cherish every snap, um, you know, but he's done a great job of recovering. Um, he was able to get back out there in the field, you know, make some good throws, move around a good bit. So um, he showed he recovered well, um, and I'm pretty sure with his ability, he'll get opportunity um, somewhere, if not, you know, in, in New Orleans to, you know, go out there and display his talents. Viking safety Anthony Harris, really good guy. Glad he dropped by Hubbard Broadcasting on Tuesday. All right, I can keep this under 50 minutes if I end it right now. So we're done. Scoop Podcast episode 181 is in the books. I'll be back with 182, episode 182 at some point in the near future. Did you know that 61% of pet owners feel more prepared to be a good pet parent after testing with Embark? Embark your dog with Embark's dog DNA test to get hundreds of actionable health insights. You can be proactive with their health and work with your vet on a personalized care plan. Go to EmbarkVet.com and use promo code DNA, that's DNA, to get $60 off an Embark Breed and Health Kit or Purebred Kit with free shipping. That's promo code DNA to save today. GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today.